Hey there, welcome back to the Etsy Seller Podcast. I'm your host, Cody McGuffey. And today we have Tamara Hall coming back for round number two onto the podcast. Tamara's first episode was super fun and super inspiring. We got so many messages that were inspired by Tamara's passion for designing great products, creating like passive income streams while being a full-time mom of two kids. And somehow she's figuring it out and how to make an Etsy business work. Very, very cool. We have her coming back on for this round and we just got to talk about the updates in her Etsy shop. We get to share more value and more ins and outs of her strategy and how she actually created you know, multiple listings, but actually found that one bestseller that took her shop to the next level. And she's all doing it like working one hour a week on average on her Etsy business, which is super inspiring for so many people. So yeah, it's a very, very fun episode. Excited to share it with you. We have an awesome episode for you guys today. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Everbee. And we believe that everyone deserves the opportunity to pursue their passions and live life on their own terms. We believe in making e-commerce accessible for everyone in the world, no matter where they are, and really using it to make a positive impact in our communities and in our families. Everbee is the SE business platform that you guys need to be using to grow your business, grow your sales, do your product research, look at your profits, monitor your trademarks, track your listing rank. Then we're going to build email automations for your Etsy buyers and your future buyers, and also for your print on demand solution with Everbee Prints. Very, very excited to jump into this episode. Let's go ahead and jump in now. Tamara, what's up? How are you? Hello. Good. How are you, Cody? I'm great too. Happy to have you back on number two yeah. with, with you. This last time was super fun and I forget exactly how it came about, you know, but getting, getting the second one scheduled, but I'm happy we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to be back. Totally. I know that I know our last episode that we did, which is, I was looking back at the notes, June 27th of 2023 was the last published podcast that we did. And I know the feedback was super awesome on our side because you got to share a lot about your story, about being a mom, being like a, a designer that was like for agency that turned into a Etsy seller and kind of like, we could talk about the full-time income that you've generated from that, which is super exciting. How are things, how have things been going for you in life, Etsy, all that stuff? Yeah. I mean, Etsy is kind of on autopilot right now. So I haven't been putting a ton of time into it. Um, Right now I'm focusing on building a course, uh, just kind of teaching people how to do what I did, like um, design and sell digital products on Etsy and uh, all the ins and outs that I've learned over the past three years or so. That's awesome. I mean, but when you say like, you're not spending a lot of time Etsy, I know me, me and you talked a little bit one off, but even though you're not spending a lot of time on Etsy, it's still like producing? Yeah. Yeah. I spend about an hour a week and it's still bringing in, um, about a thousand dollars, a couple thousand dollars a month, depending on the month. That's amazing. Seriously. Big time because so you spend an hour a week. So 52 weeks in a year, 52 hours per year, you'd say roughly. Yeah. About that. Yeah. Probably a little plus plus or minus. (laughs) Okay. And you're also probably, that's a thousand dollars a month. I mean, that's a solid, uh, that's four hours. That's $250 an hour, right? Like, I guess. Yeah. Could, it's not bad. <laughs> and then you yeah, get to work. It's a great on- passive income stream. Honestly, that's kind of why I love, um, telling people about Etsy. That's really cool. I feel like 
we talked about this last time a little bit too. And by the way, if you guys didn't hear the last episode, go back. It is episode number, I don't have the episode number in front of me, but designer to full-time mompreneur, how this SE seller turned digital designs into passive income. And that's what we talked about last time was you, you look at Etsy, not necessarily as like the full-time income for your entire life, but you use it as like, it is a stream of income and it's pretty passive. Is, is that, is that accurate? Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm all about creating multiple passive income streams. Um, I think that's the key to having a lot more freedom in your life, especially for me as a mom, like when you become a mom, your whole life is consumed by your kids pretty much. So it's like, for me, going from owning a design studio and working long hours every week, going from that to raising a newborn and not being able to put in those same hours. I had to figure out a way to make income and be with my kids at the same time. And I find that creating passive income streams is such a great solution to that. That's really cool. And I I know we talked about this last time too, but it's okay to repeat some of this stuff because um, most people look at Etsy, like it has to be the full-time thing. It has to be my my one vehicle to to take me away from my job type of thing. And that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. Actually, I'm a big fan of that. I agree with like that mostly, but that doesn't mean that everybody has to do that same path. I mean, you can create multiple streams and Etsy can be a solid one of them, especially if it's only taking you about an hour a week on average. Um, like the fact mm-hmm. that you do that, I haven't had a lot of people talk on the podcast about like doing that, like multiple income streams. So I think it's fun to like actually dig into that a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, that's to say like in the beginning, I definitely put in a lot more than an hour a week. I was putting in, you know, 10, 20 hours a week um, designing the products when I was pregnant. So I did have the time. Um, So there is a lot of work that has to go in it in the beginning, but that was like three and a half years ago now. Um, So I'm surprised that my Etsy store is still pretty much running on autopilot. I think I released like one product this year. That's crazy. So okay, it's all cool. just my older products. Most of it is actually just one product. There's like a couple products in my store that are making 90% of the income. The rest are barely selling, but I've, okay. I've heard that's common. Very common. Honestly, like I've had so many people talk on the podcast, talk about their Etsy shops and how many listings they have and how many like bestsellers they have. And it's like the 80, 20 rule is so strong, right? Like 80% of your products don't do anything. 20% top 20% of your products drive all the revenue. And that's just how everything is in life anyway. I mean, I, I truly believe that. So it's called the power law, by the way, if anybody wants to like Google that, like it's literally a law, like a the power law, and you can actually go and look at it and research it. It's, it's pretty interesting. Um, amazing. Okay, cool. Yeah. So take us back to just to the recap a little bit, how you got started in Etsy and we don't have to talk too much on it, but like how you got started in Etsy and then to where you are today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically when I was pregnant, I started thinking, okay, I need to figure something else out that's going to work um, while I'm at home. And what really started it all, shout out to this girl Fallon Travels on Instagram. She was posting her Etsy stats of how much she was making a month off digital products. And she was making, you know, $10,000 a month from her one shop that I think she sells, sells like Lightroom presets. And then at the time she was making, you know, thousands of dollars a month off her other shop where she sold Canva templates. And I had no idea that people were making this kind of money on Etsy. I'm like thinking, you know, a couple hundred bucks a month or something selling templates. But when I saw her numbers, I was like, wow, this is, this is incredible because this is also 
pretty much passive. Like, yeah, you want to create new products and stuff, especially in the beginning, but once it's up, that money is passive. And that was just kind of what kicked it off. I was so inspired after seeing what was possible. And that's kind of what, yeah, inspired everything. I started researching about the different digital products out there, the different types of niches, different templates I could design and did a lot of experimentation in the beginning. There's, I made a lot of mistakes. I made temp, I spent 40 hours on this one illustration pack that I sold one and it was to my husband. I think I talked about this in the other episode, but he like created an account and bought it to keep me motivated and didn't tell me. So I actually didn't sell one to a real person. It was just him. And I spent hours on this and you know, there are so many times I wanted to give up, but I just tried new things and eventually things started taking off. I love that. I think it's so inspiring too. I mean, especially being a mom, right? Let's just reemphasis on this. Like I, I, my wife, like she is a full-time mom and she is in it. Like I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old, like she is in it. You could probably hear him screaming in the background. Like my daughter is screaming. Um, and it's that finding the time to like separate yourself from the kids for a minute and focus on something that's totally unrelated to the kids, such as like an Etsy business or an Etsy shop is challenging. And so anytime you can actually take that limited amount of time and energy and focus it towards something and actually create something meaningful out of it, meaning a thousand dollars a month. Like that's, there's a lot of power in that. That's a, that's a car payment. That's a mortgage payment, depending on where you live. That is certainly groceries, right? It's, it's really powerful. And then it kind of like instills this other confidence that kicks you into gear, another gear, which is maybe like, Oh, I should, I should teach other moms how to do this. Or I should like, go and start a YouTube channel or whatever it is, right? Just go talk about the journey or whatever it is. It's, there's a lot of power in it. So congratulations again. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's wild. Okay. So can we take, go back to the bestseller that you've had? Um, or you, mm-hmm. you mentioned like one product does the majority. Most of it. Yeah. Yeah. Do, I think a lot of people listening right now are right now they're, they've got listings. They're trying to make it work they're kind of discouraged at this point because like, dude, I haven't got a sale yet. Or maybe I've only got like one sale. Can Mm. you like take, go back to that mental where you were and what you did in order to like kind of click it into gear where it changed your life? So there's a couple of things that I kind of want to touch on with that question. So the first is one amazing thing. Well, there's many amazing things about Etsy. But one amazing thing is that you can see your competition. It's not like people are going to other websites and like checking Mm. everything out. If you do a search for either the product that you have or the product you're thinking of creating and see what those top sellers are, that is your competition. It's right there. So you can just think about, okay, all I have to think about is how can I make mine better? Do I need better, a better product, better product listing images, a better video, um, write my descriptions in a more like salesy, convincing kind of way, whatever it is, as long as yours is better, yours will be the one that sells more. Um, And it's right there in front of you. Right. So I think that's kind of what I did with the one that became the bestseller. I looked at the top selling ones and just made mine better in every single way that I could think of. Um, But that scene, I did put it online and it's not like it took off right away. But I knew it was a good product. I was like, okay, no, I'm looking at the competition. It is better. It's not just me that thinks that too. Like I got a few outside opinions and stuff, but it was funny because yeah, I didn't sell anything for about a month or a couple months or so. And I was like, why isn't this taking off? 
And all I did was change the first product listing image. I didn't change anything else. I just simplified it because I had a bit of text on there before sort of mm -hmm. describing what it was, but I actually just made it like a image of the product itself. That's it. And then the sales just started coming in from that one mm -hmm. little change. So um, you, you create this listing really proud of it. You obviously put all the front, the, like some of the research up front, like looking at the competition, then you go and build this product. You make it better in every way that you can think possible, maybe better images, better, better actual product. You know, it uses digital, so actual better files. Um, maybe price is the same or better, right? You'd say? Um, I actually don't believe in like undercutting yourself yeah. because sometimes people can associate that with being like a cheaper product too. Okay. So I usually price around kind of what I'm seeing are sometimes higher than the competition. Cool. So the price was kind of like in line around there, right? Yeah. So now you, you publish this product, really proud of it at this point, you've done a lot of research and you publish it, but it didn't take off right away. How many times or how many, I'm sorry, weeks or days or months did it go before you decided I'm going to go try to change something? I usually give things about a month because if a month will give you enough time to get the data that you need. Okay. Um, yeah. So I think it was about a month or two before I tried to switch it up a little bit. And I, I just, I didn't really know why it wasn't selling. Um, so I was just kind of trying little things. Like I'd adjust, you know, one little thing here, one little thing there and see what happened after. You know, that's interesting because so many people, and I'm victim of this too, or I guess I am, um, I do this also was you question the listing that you put up and then you start questioning like the tags, the title, the description, and you start changing everything. You start just like, I'm going to change this, this, this. You do some research and you're like, oh, I should have been using this tag. And pretty soon you have the, like, you, you, you've changed everything and you don't even know like what is going to work. Hopefully you're just hoping and praying that it's going to work, but you made the conscious decision to like change one thing at a time. And eventually you changed the listing image. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, I wasn't, I didn't want to go in and just change everything. Cause then I wouldn't really know what it was that fixed it. Um, and then, yeah, so that's how I know exactly what it was. It was just that first product listing image. That is what went from no sales to a bestseller. Like it took about six months or I think it was more like three or four months. So it actually got the title of bestseller, but I was selling like quite a few a week. I think I started off, you know, it was at first like two or three a week. And then all of a sudden it was like five and then 15 as the months go mm. went on, it just kind of snowballed. I love that. Why do you think that, why do you think that is, why do you think the image actually made the biggest difference in your head so far? Like, how do you justify that? The only thing I can think of is that it's simple, like it being so simple, people right away can, when they're scrolling through the search results, they can see exactly what it is. Okay. A lot of people overcomplicate that first image. And when people are scrolling through, there's so many different images, right? Like you can't really see what the design looks like. And since I knew that my design was a lot more like high quality than a lot of the competition, showcasing the design sort of first, I potentially was bringing more people in. It's it's funny though, because it's not like I was getting, I was getting a lot more views too, but it, it I don't know. It was very strange. Yeah. I mean, it could be a, a variety of things, right? Um, certainly the image being like a thumb stopper, right? When you're scrolling, 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 you're like, oh, that looks exactly what I want. Right? It just looks relevant. It looks like it makes sense. It looks clean. That could be for sure the main thing. The second thing is maybe by you increasing the click-through rate, just like the higher rate of clicks, 
just by increasing a little bit, Etsy may have said, oh, that click-through rate is pretty good on this image. Let's push it a little bit more, right? Ooh, so they come. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that then it's like, yeah, like that, that's what I would do if I was building, you know, Etsy right this moment. I would be like, my algorithm would take that into consideration of, oh, that, that click-through rate is 5%. All the other ones, the average click-through rate is, is 3% on this page. So we're going we're gonna to showcase that more. People are obviously looking, clicking on this product for these specific types of keywords. So therefore, we'll re we will reward it. And so compounding that over a day, two days, 30 days, like that's going to equal a lot more sales. Mm. And the cool thing about Etsy is that the more sales that you get, the more sales that you're going to get because they want to create more sales. So the, you're, they're going to rank you more when you get more sales typically. Yep. And as soon as you get that little bestseller under your item in the search results, it takes off from there because hmm. it's just like a testimonial almost for your item because people are thinking, well, all these people are buying it. I need it too. Right. We are, we are sheep, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Like we, we need like social proof. Yeah. And all these friends uh, buy this thing. They're leaving reviews. They like it. So that means I'll probably like it. And so they're they're Therefore the snowball continues to get bigger. Mm -hmm. Wow. Congratulations on that. Thank you. I think that right there helped so many people um, because some people are stuck right now. They're just like, ah, I like. I feel like I've been working hard. I'm definitely working more than an hour a week on my Etsy shop, and I am not having any traction. And they are lost. And I think that kind of. So maybe would you say that? Hey, if what would you say to that person? I mean, if they have, if I got if they got ten listings with no traction, maybe go play with the main images. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I guess I would ask like how long their store's been up. Um, if it's, you know, been up for six months, it's going to be a lot different of a strategy than if it's been up for like a month, because so? a month isn't quite enough time. Right. Yeah. Um, so if it's only been a month. I feel like it still just needs a bit more time to like catch on to the algorithm. If you've done the research, like, you know, that people are searching for your products, you've used Everbee, you see what the search volume is for certain keywords. So, you know, people are looking for it. Um, and then you look at, you've looked at the competition, you know, that, you know, what you've created is better than the competition, but you're still getting no sales and it's only been a month. I would just give it some time. Like, yeah, play around with that first product image a little bit. Um, if you're not really getting any views, then look into the keywords, um, and your descriptions as well. You can load that up with keywords, um, just to get more hits, play around with that. But then if it's been, you know, six months and you're still not really seeing much, I feel like that's an issue. That is an issue with your products. You might have to create more value within the products. Somehow your people are purchasing the competitors items instead. So one thing I've done actually that works pretty well to increase the value in my products is including a bonus. So mm -hmm. I sold um, Instagram templates and I included like a bonus Instagram highlight covers. So you can include something like that because when people think that they're going to get like, oh, I'm getting this like freebie, they're going to choose the thing where they get the free thing rather yeah. than nothing. Right. Even if, you know, the, they're comparable in quality. You know, Tamara, that's so solid. That's great advice. And that's actually not talked about enough on the IT space. That's a really common strategy with like, building funnels, like Shopify, like um, even Amazon the bonuses are pretty big, but like an Etsy for some reason, like bonuses aren't really a thing quite yet. And I think that's going to change, but you're basically what you're doing is you're building an irresistible offer. 
right? Where you are the on this page, 64 listings on this Etsy page, like you're lost, right? Like this is a sea of, of competitors. But as soon as you have like a bonus that makes you very unique, like your main product is maybe the same, but your bonus separates you from like 90% of these listings on this page. Like you're now unique. Mm-hmm. And yeah, now you don't have competition anymore. <clears throat> so now you can charge it probably a little bit more because people are, are willing to choose yours over someone else. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So when someone is in that phase right now where they're like, they want to get started on Etsy or maybe they've already started on Etsy, but they don't have traction. Do you have like a framework that you've, you've seen has been successful for you or you teach other people or help other people like kind of repeat success? Yeah. I mean, there's so many different factors that can play into why they're not being successful, right? Like it can be the SEO, it could be their listing images. Um, it could be their products. It's, it varies for every shop, but yes, that is the course that I'm about to release in about a week or so. That's awesome. I go into everything. Like I spent so long trying different things and figuring out, you know, what works, what doesn't on Etsy. And it took me about three years of experimentation until I finally was like, oh, okay. Started seeing common themes within the top selling, um, specifically digital product shops on Etsy and what they were doing differently. I love it. I mean, the cool thing about digital, and we talked about this in the last call is is a high profit margins, right? It's like, and it's, it's fairly, it's, it's fairly passive after you create the first time high profit margins of probably like 85 to 90% profit margins after Etsy fees and all that stuff. Yeah. About that. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And most people think of digital products that they have to be like $2, you know, a a PDF download or something like that, but there's like higher price digital products. And if I recall, oh, yeah. like you have like, you're in the 20, 15 to $20 range. If I, if I remember asking this in the past. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. My items are around $25 or so. Um, so but I've pro- seen people sell, you know, social media templates for $150 and they're selling. But the difference with that is that they've got their branding dialed in and they've got their niche and target market dialed in. So when you have those things dialed in, you can charge the higher price point because people are going to look at you like you know what you're doing and your your content is speaking to them and they don't have to do much work after they buy it. You nailed it. I think that's so awesome. Like the price doesn't matter when it comes to like, depending on who you're selling to, the price really doesn't matter. It's actually the problem. And then as long as I have this problem of maybe I'm a, I'm a, um, let's call it, I'm a lender, right? I'm a real estate lender and like, I need to grow my lending business, right? So I need customers and I need to get marketing. And I have this problem of like, I don't have marketing assets. I don't have Instagram. You mentioned Instagram posts. I don't have any of this, these, these digital assets. I need to just go buy a pack. Maybe somebody like has these templates for me. Like I have money to spend. It's not about the money for me. It's more about the solution to my problem. Like I want a bundle or whatever. And if it's $150, I'll spend that all day because I know that like when I get one customer, it's going to pay for this like 1 million times. Um, so I get it. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. And then there's not much competition for those like higher quality, higher price point niche down areas. Mm. A lot of people are just kind of jumping in and, and doing everything for like, you know, small business owner templates kind of thing. They're not as niche down. So that's why I always, I suggest to people definitely pick a niche, um, okay. something that you have experience in, or maybe have friends in a 
in a certain industry that you can ask for feedback and help from. But if you can niche into somewhere specific, you're already, you already have an advantage. hundred percent. I love that. Um, and if, if I recall, we talked about that a little bit too. Like you pick the niche, you recommend people picking niches. How does one find their first product to sell? Like, how do you do product research or their next product to sell? Like, how do you validate products and keywords and all that good stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So obviously Everbee is great for that. Um, like if I were to ch- today, if I were inclined to create a new product, I would go into Everbee, do a search for one of my best selling ones, and then see what the related keywords are coming up below. Because oh, I find sometimes those like related keywords have like product ideas kind of hidden in them. Um, and that's how I've gotten, yeah, a few different ideas. I also just go on and see what's popular, what's selling and think like, okay, is there a corresponding product? I don't necessarily think like, oh, I'm going to make what's selling, but better. That is a strategy, but you can also see like what's selling if it's a certain type of like form or ebook. And then think of something that kind of relates to it that would go with it, but is a different type of product. So I you're think I touch- the same person though. Like you're selling to the yeah. same buyer. So you're targeting a niche, but you're trying to solve a problem of theirs. They're like, oh yeah, they think they'd probably want this too. And there's not a lot of competition. Yeah. Like I, I think I talked about this in the other um, episode, but I initially I made um, one of my bestsellers from a couple years ago was a set of gold um, social media real estate um, templates for Instagram. And I had seen at that time, there wasn't really any of that out there. But the way I got the idea to create that is I was seeing that there was a ton of best-selling gold real estate themed logos. So I'm like, okay, well, if they like that style of the gold, then they're probably looking for other things in that same style. And at the time, there wasn't really a whole lot of options out there for that. Interesting. Okay. Wow. I think that's golden too. You mentioned, I'm going to go back to, you mentioned searching your bestseller because some people have a bestseller right now or that's crushing for them. Like they have, they have a good product. It's like clearly the front runner. You mentioned looking up their own product and then finding what corresponds to that. Can you walk us through that process? Yeah. So I would, yeah, go into Everbee and then do a search, um, for like the name of your product. Let's do an example. Like, let's say it's, um, gold real estate template. You just mentioned gold real estate template. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'd probably type in, yeah. Like gold, um, real estate, social media template or something like that. And then below it, all the other suggestions that pop up is kind of where I'd scroll through. So I'd go through, you know, the first like 20 pages, just kind of, it's, it's not something that you can rush because if you just kind of scan it, you might not really get any hints. It's almost like a little like scavenger hunt. You have to like look at the keywords and sometimes they might be spelled wrong or just kind of see if you see anything that sparks something. And sometimes you have to search by, I think I switch from searching by like keywords scored a search volume and I'll, I'll search, I'll sort it in different ways too. Cause that'll bring other stuff up to the top. Um, but it's something that I sometimes spend, you know, like a good hour on just Mm -hmm. kind of like looking through, Maybe I'll get an idea. Then I'll go back on Etsy and do a search for that idea. See if anything's coming up for that. See what the search volume is coming up for it. And it's, yeah, it's kind of like a process, but you sort of learn to dial it in a bit. You you do. And it's, it's hard to measure. It's hard to like give exactly a framework because it's not quite like that, right? Like you go, you're bouncing back between the data. Then you're like, you're thinking tap. 
and then you go back to the data and you look, go back to like the qualitative, like, oh yeah, like my niche would want that. Right. But it's not necessarily validated completely. So it's like this, it's this process that it's not exactly a step-by-step by step thing. I don't think there's really such thing as exactly follow the step-by-step. Like you need to get smarter. Like we need to get smarter and solve these problems for our, our buyers. And that mm. you can't just look at a number, even on Everbee, you can't just look at a number and say, oh, I'm going to go make that. And then I'm going to go sell it. And it's going to be a bestseller. No, you have to actually get good at your craft. Your craft may be figuring out the perfect way to like position this product to meet the customer demands. So that's, that's really, really interesting. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, and I mean, if you know people in the niche that you're creating for, that's one of the best ways to like, you could create a survey on um, like survey monkey or something like that and send it to, you know, 10 people that you're connected with that work in that specific niche or industry and ask them about like, what kind of products do they currently use? What do they wish they had? Which, what do they wish was better? And mm. you can get really good ideas that way too. I've heard of people going to like, they have a niche, for example, let's just use the lender, the real estate lender niche. And they would go to like lender groups, like Facebook groups and stuff like that. And they would go and like, try to help, like basically add value to the group. Have you ever tried that strategy at all? I, some people talk about it. Some people are like, no, I don't do that. It's too much work, too much no, work. No, I haven't tried that, but I feel like that would be a really good way to, to do it because there's so many people in those Facebook groups. Yeah. Especially if they're engaging. I mean, I get that. Um, especially if you're like, you're, that, that's what helps when you're a niche, like you're focused on a niche is that you can actually go and find like niche groups and try to just add value to them. Obviously don't go spam the group because they'll just ban you, but, um, interesting. Okay. So what's next, what's next for you? So you mentioned course, you're going to be, you're, you're building this course to help other, is it digital or are you teaching physical stuff? Like talk about that if you want mine. Yeah, for sure. So my course is called Etsy Maven. And it's basically walking people through step-by-step -step on how to successfully sell digital products on Etsy. Cool. So I condense everything that I learned in about three years of trial and error, as far as like how to pick what products to sell, SEO, how to create product listings that attract attention in the search results. Um, yeah, all sorts of stuff. So I've condensed it all into um, an online course. Amazing. Congratulations. That's super exciting. It's, it's always fun to like go through this process of you're a seller yourself and you find success. However we define success, everybody's different. You find success. And then you're like, I think it'd be fun to like teach this to like my sister, my brother. Right. And that alone is enough, to, enough reason to make a course, but then it's like, oh, well, not just my sister or brother need it. Like the world needs it too. Like let's, let's make it available for everyone. And it's not like your Etsy shop dies completely because of this. Like it's, it's a cool thing. They both run. And for you, it's a win, 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 because it's also, it could be another, another income stream for you. you also get to talk about stuff that you love to do, which is really fun. Yeah, exactly. And my, I'd say if I had to pick a target market, it would definitely be moms too, because, you know, I know how important it is to moms to spend that time with their kids. And I know, I know how important it was for me too. And especially when they're young, right? So if you can set this kind of stuff up, like if you know you're going to have kids in a couple of years or if you're pregnant, if you can set the stuff up early when you have a lot more time before the baby arrives, then it can already be running by the time that your child arrives. That's awesome. I think and just, yeah, like it giving moms that like freedom um, to spend with their kids and, and not stress. <laughs> I love that. I think it's, People don't talk about this then 
enough, by the way. How about like, I know that I have, I have multiple sisters. I have four sisters, right? And all of them, three of them are, three of them are mothers. Now I have my wife, obviously we have kids. Um, I have lots of friends that have children. One thing that seems like it's a challenge for moms is like their struggle with identity, kind of like losing sense of their, like who they like fulfillment of other than the kids. Cause kids will take over our life. Like they're in our experience, right? Like they take oh, over yeah. the thing. Um, however strong will we want to be about it. And like, no, the kids are coming into our life. Like they'll live like how we want to live. Like we said that all the time. Before oh yeah. Kids. Before yeah. you have kids, 100%. That's how yeah. you think it works, that's right? How we think. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> we're going to travel all this stuff. And like, we do travel for sure. But the kids run the show in lots of ways. And that's okay. It's totally okay. But what I'm saying here is I sense that lots of moms struggle with finding that purpose again because maybe they had a job before kids and they're not necessarily doing that job anymore so now their full-time job is being a mom which is awesome of course but it's kind of like a new job a new sense of identity how does like being a business owner also did it help with that did it make it worse like did it create stress did it alleviate stress mm-hmm. how did you balance those two things Well, being a business owner and running a design studio felt very different from being a business owner and running an Etsy shop. The design studio was, was pretty stressful because I was, you know, constantly answering emails and sending invoices and I had timelines for everything. But with an Etsy shop, I find it's just, it's almost just fun. You know, Mm. you can work on it when you want, you can create what you want. It is a business. It is, you know, something that you definitely have to put time into, especially in the beginning, but you're growing something for yourself. And it's like your own little corner of the internet, which I feel can be really empowering for a lot of people. 100%. I think that's great. And we need, I think as humans, we need to like have like a creative outlet one way or another. Um, I think it's like a, like a need that we need to do to feel like we have purpose in this life and we're adding value to obviously to the family and obviously to the marketplace and lots of lot for lots of people especially people listening to this like they feel like they need to add value to the world somehow that's what otherwise we probably wouldn't be creating an Etsy shop um exactly you're helping people um and it, typically hopefully you're enjoying the process of creating the products too right? That's why I tell people like, if you're not enjoying creating the products, you're not going to last very long. Mm. You have to find some kind of happiness within the creation process as well as just having your store online and the selling process. How do you view people like folks that will, cause you're a designer. So you will create the whole like designer pack, the bundle, the, the digital file for yourself. It sounds like, what about the people that aren't a designer? I understand they can learn it. But what if they're just like, I really don't like designing. I like the business aspect of Etsy. I like the marketing. I like the positioning. I like the Etsy ads part. Can I still sell digital downloads? Can I still sell templates or whatever it is, Canva templates? If so, like, how do I, how do I do that? Yeah. Um, well, there's two ways you could look at it. Like one, you could just partner with someone that likes that other side of it. Like that likes the design side of it. Um, But another thing too, a lot of the templates that, not a lot, but some of the templates that are really popular, digital download templates that are super popular on Etsy, some of the top selling ones are so simple. Mm. 
Hmm. Like anyone can design them. You don't need to be a graphic designer. Like there's letter monogram templates. I can't remember exactly the stats, but it was definitely over like 10 grand a month she was making hmm. on on the simple letter with like a space in the middle to fill out your name. Like these things, some of them aren't hard to design, right? Like an ebook or a workbook obviously would take a lot longer, but there's things like chore trackers for kids and yeah, all these very simple, simple things. I love that. (laughs) But I mean, even if, if you didn't like designing anything, if you're not a designer at all, I would definitely say, yeah, partner with someone. (laughs) I think there's also another thing that I don't know if you mentioned is, I mean, you could hire people to like help you with things, right? I mean, um, you can hire, uh, an expert in certain things to help you with things. Like we do it for our logos. We do it for creating our Etsy listing sometimes too. I think is, I guess, first of all, do you even agree that that's a good idea or do you feel like, no, you probably shouldn't hire a freelancer for your, your workbook, for example, how do you view that? I would say maybe not rush into that until you know it's uh, like a product people want because hmm. you wouldn't want to waste all that money hiring someone, put it on there, and then it doesn't get any sales. Get that. Um, I would more look into the avenue of, okay, maybe you don't like designing, but is there another digital project that you could create and sell on Etsy? Like maybe you're more into writing, so you could do like 50 Instagram captions for lash artists or mm. you could write an ebook on something because there are other products that are more on the writing side or even like budget trackers so if you love like excel spreadsheets i don't know if anyone actually does but like if you love budgeting and that kind of thing those things are really popular too so it's not necessarily like you have to be a graphic designer or like graphic design to create things that people want i love that it's so so true and honestly like you can go to chat gpt right nowadays and literally be like, Hey, can you give me 10 digital product ideas for this type of niche? Right. Um, and if you don't know your niche, you say like, Hey, can you give me 10 different ideas for different niches I can target on Etsy? Right. And then you take that data and you actually filter it down. Like just be creative with our resources that we have. Like we live in 2023. Like, yeah. GPT is amazing for that for ideas. Unreal. And you can even use it for like your, let's say you said ebook. I mean, you can, you can, I, I literally have friends that have written ebooks leveraging chat GPT, chat GPT. You know, it's wild. <laughs> Times are changing. They are quick. Um, We're living in the future now. I know we are. Where can people find you? Mara? So my website is galaxybomb.com and that's where I am going to be launching my course. You can sign up for my newsletter through there for updates. And you can also find me on Instagram at Galaxy Bomb Studio. I post a lot about, like every week I'll post, it's called the Bombastic Etsy shop or the Bombastic Etsy product of the week. And I'll use Everbee to find cool. a product that's doing really well on Etsy and just talk about a, talk about what they're making and why I think that they're selling so well. That is so cool. I'll go check that out. I don't think I've seen that yet. So that's, that's, that's that'd be really fun. <laughs> Yeah, it's cool. awesome. It's I find people find it really inspiring because like like me, you don't really know how much people are making from stuff. So when you can see the the income behind these digital products, it's like, whoa, okay, I want to get on this now. Totally. It makes it where it's like, oh, it's because we all know that it's a lot of work. I mean, no question, right? Building anything is a lot of work, but usually we're willing to do that a lot of work if we know it's worth it. And depending on the number is, if it's $10,000 a month, like usually that's like, oh, I'm willing to work hard for that $10,000 a month of passive, semi-passive income from digital downloads. Like 
but if they don't know that data, then they don't, they, all they see is the work. They don't see the potential like ideal outcome. So yep. that's awesome. Yeah, to do exactly. That. Cool. It's nice well, to see um, the numbers behind everything. Super fun. Super and nice. it's cool that you can see that, you know, Etsy, with Etsy, you can see that if someone has a store on, you know, um, like WordPress or Shopify, you can't see their stats. You don't know what they're making. Yeah. You can't see that they did like a hundred thousand sales total, you know, and all that stuff. Like Etsy shows that it's super cool. Um, Tamara, thank you so much for coming on again and providing so much value for everyone listening. And yeah, I'm just grateful for you. You read up a lot of knowledge here. So. Oh, really. thank you. I had such a great time talking about everything. It's been awesome. Totally. We'll do, let's do another one of these in the next maybe six months or something like that too. And we'll, we'll hear how obviously the course goes, of course, but also like uh, how your Etsy shop is still kind of cranking and how much time you're putting into that, you know, still if it's one hour a week or maybe increased or decreased. That's, it's always fun to like follow up on those things. Yeah, definitely. You're awesome. You updated. Cool. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.